This episode of Peak Too Early is brought to you by the Irish Clover 5 Miler. If you haven't signed up yet, you gotta do it. You're running out of time. You only have one week left. The race is next weekend, folks. So your chance at the awesome championship belt and the best after party in the business is running low. You got to get to the website. It's in our bio on our Instagram. Get there now. Sign up. Do not miss this race. We'll see you there. Let's get into it. This is Peak Too Early, presented by SAV Racing, featuring Mike Gendron, Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the greatest running podcast in the world. Put a little different emphasis on it today because I am one of your hosts, not Steve Gendron, but Mike Gendron, and I am joined, as always, at the house of Sav by Trent Fontanella. Trentleton, how you doing? Like, I don't even know what to say to that. I guess you got the words right, but it was a totally different spin on it. it there was no I, emphasis on the the. Where, where was that? The greatest podcast in the world. It's, uh, yeah, but it's, that's the thing. It's like, it's Steve's thing. I, I needed to, I didn't want to steal the way he does it. So I figured I'd give my own little spin on it so that I'm not, you know, taking his thing away from him. Listen, I get that, Michaelton, but. You got to remember that I'm a simple guy. And when you start throwing these introductions <laughs> that are different than what I'm normally used to, like I should just sit here and wait for you to introduce yourself first because that's, that's really the normal order of events. So, Mike, <laughs> somewhere off the coast hey, no, of I, you, you, I No, I – oh, you want me to do this. Somewhere off the coast of I mean, I still introduced myself. That's I said true. I'm one of your hosts. You know what I mean? You might have missed that because you're so thrown off. By, I was so thrown off. All right, all right. Let me, get to, let me get to my opening then. A uh, lot of things going on right now. First thing is uh, my hair is officially long enough to wear the skinny headband <laughs> to get the European soccer star look, which is my, and maybe more of a South American thing, actually, like a, like a, a Argentina, like an Argentinian soccer player. Um, that's, that's when I feel like I look and feel my best is when I have enough hair to do the skinny headband and have like real purpose with it. So I wanted to get that off my chest first off. Uh, next is that I want to address, I mean, there's a lot of things in the last episode that I feel like I should address, but I can't address them all. So the one I do want to address is that it is not funny to laugh at people that get hurt by bulls. And <laughs> if you want to, you know, if our peak too early official Twitter account, if our social media manager, uh, the social media team wants to share that as an educational video, uh, that's, that's, you know, a, a respectable move and I appreciate that, but I don't need you guys just making fun of this poor guy that gets hit by a bull because that could be anyone, you know, it could, it could be anyone. Um, you, you, you are truly an activist trying, you know, you're, yeah. you know, you're giving a voice to the, those injured by, by bulls. You could start an organizational nonprofit action. I, you know, I think, I think there's something, I think you got something there. People Listen, would support it. We'd support it. They shouldn't need an activist like myself, right? Because they don't, because people shouldn't be attacking them ruthlessly as they are. And they shouldn't be attacking me for being like so fragile. Yes, I've had an injury or two, but I'm not that fragile. Anyway, I, uh, 
I am officially worried about the running the pulse because I played basketball uh, a couple nights ago and I like had to stop playing near the end because my calf just like seized up and like I could it was bad and I have barely run. finished you barely just finished the sentence that you're not fragile yeah and you just said you couldn't get through a basketball game listen listen that doesn't mean I'm fragile it just means that I wanted to make the point that the shape for running with the bulls I knew it was a different shape but I think basketball is probably kind of similar like those short sprints and stuff quick motions that get out of the way of everything for sure um and I tell you what, man, like you don't run for a while. I'm sure there's a lot of people on this pod that have gone through stretches. I know you have Michael without running and you can get back into it. And yeah, it hurts, but like you can hang, right? If you have a running history, you can hang, you know, you might be sore the next couple of days, but it's going to be okay. As long as you don't try and do like a 15 mile run your first day back. With the short sprint stuff, like if you were to play pickup basketball like myself, or maybe you're in a flag football team and you haven't done that kind of thing in a few years, it's like a Mack truck, man. Like it is disgusting how hard it is to just jump back into that um, for a person of our, our age, right? Where we are in this this period where we're not so young and, and nimble like we used to be because, God damn, I am still hurting to this day and it's affecting um, affecting all my running that I, you know, really wasn't doing much of anyway, but, uh, it's, it's a tough life, man. It's a tough life playing, playing pickup basketball. Did, did you do any stretching before the pickup game? Did you get on the foam roller a little bit, get the, the bands going or did you just cold Turkey it right into it? I mean, I had done some stretching like eight hours earlier, like during the middle of my work day. Oh, I'm yeah, pretty no, good no, no. at that. I'm pretty good at like That's getting up and stretching. So like I, I had stretch, just not in yeah, any immediate in like time your, before. In like the prime of your career, you still needed a solid like 40 to 50 minutes of warm up, stretching, rolling yeah. out, going to the trainer, preparation before before going for, you know, a 10 mile run. So you can't just be hopping into a game thinking that stretching at the office eight hours earlier was, you know, suffice. That's uh, that, that can't happen. Listen, I didn't think it through. I got there. I probably would have, but I got there and they start in, you get, you know, the excitement uh, of just doing anything competitive. And so I hopped right in and, and it turns out I made a massive mistake, but I guess it was my first step into seriously training for the with the bulls. So I'm going to keep that up and I might need a week off, but maybe next week I'll get back into it. Speaking of big mistakes, clean shaven trent is that lasted like two seconds we're back baby we <laughs> are back i mean the hair is long the beard somehow i went like back to new england for a bachelor party came back and it was not that long but i feel like the beard just uh ballooned and really expanded a little little home cooking right kind of helped the beard come out let that reddish tint really fire up because it's a nice thick beard right now i should yeah. run something by you though mike yeah so i'm growing my hair out because i i just you know whatever and i kind of like it and i also just don't feel like a haircut that bad but i think my next haircut i want to do uh brian wilcox and just go full buzz like totally totally cut that and then just keep the long beard i feel like that is one of the sexiest looks <laughs> that a man can pull off if they do it right is the bald head and a thick beard how do you think i would look so, if i totally had a bald head with a nice thick beard a couple points on that is i feel like there's a very 
specific type of beard that is supposed to work with that with, with that look you know what i mean like a nice big thick full beard uh and not not that your beard is not thick and full and beautiful and all that um but you know I, i'm not sold on that um second I can tell you from experience, Trent, that you just got to be careful when you go full shave um, because sometimes you go full shave and it never comes back, okay? So that that is the risk you run. Um, you know, at, at, for a lot of us at some point, you know, the baldness will catch up to it. I don't know if you want to rush the baldness by uh by taking a razor to your head there i am getting a receding hairline to an extent especially you can see it on that side seems to be worse than that side um for folks at home i i think that's my right side yeah the mirror throws me off when you're looking at the zoom and it's the reflection um so yeah maybe as you consider that now do you regret the last time you cut your hair when you had long hair like you're you're you know military man now and you got to have neat hair or whatever but like there was a time in college where you were growing it out when you weren't so oh, I, you know as balding as you are now i i grew it out up until the very last day that i could like i i left for boot camp with a nice mop on my head and then you know you get there and they take the the razor to it and that's it. See you later, hair. It's they, never, they do it. It's never been the same. They do it for you. Like if you went in with like a fresh cut, would they like do it again, or is it? Yeah, they do. They would do it again. There's people who came with like obnoxious hair, you know, which rolling off the bus at boot camp with like a goofy haircut is probably a bad idea. Like that automatically makes you a target. Um, but they, you know, people roll with it specifically because they know like that will be the last time they'll yeah. be able to. To, to roll with it for a while so yeah even if you come with a nice fresh and that doesn't matter they're they're taking it all there there's no no hairs left to be to be found so well they they took it off permanently for you they just sit yeah, down the way to make it never grow back my, my my day would come eventually but they they definitely sped it up a few years yeah. for sure um trent you'll notice tonight that i am not drinking a beer i'm having a glass of water what? And that is because I made the decision to give up beer for Lent. Is it is it Lent right now? It's Lent right now. <clears throat> I'm on day two. Day two. Uh, no beer for Lent. Now, with that said, I, I wrote into my Lenten contract um, four days where I'm allowed to have beer throughout Lent. <laughs> So, uh, one, one will be the Irish Clover five miler that does not count towards Lent. Um, two will be not, there's not one specific day, but I get to choose one day during March madness that I will be allowed to drink beer. So that's two, uh, three will be same deal one day during the masters. I will be allowed to drink beer. And the fourth looks like it's probably just going to end up being three. And this is maybe something we can talk about uh, a little later in the show, but it was supposed to be baseball opening day. 
which yeah, whatever that's that's I don't know if you want to get me started on that, but so there it is. Uh, I, I gave up beer for Lent. However, I have four days where I'm allowed to drink beer. So maybe, maybe if baseball doesn't happen, I will, I'm allowed to use that in a different location. You may be the worst person at giving stuff up no, for Lent. I, see, I disagree with you. So first of all, this is like a, a long battle that, uh, my parents have have fought their entire life. Um, my mom is a firm believer, and listen, she she's a theology teacher, so she knows what she's talking about. She's a firm believer that uh, <laughs> I'm not really sure why she believes. I forget what her argument is, but Sundays during Lent, you're allowed to; those don't count. So <laughs> you only have to give something up six days a week. Sundays are like she calls them a mini Easter. You're not. You're. It's okay. To, to do it at whatever it is you give up uh, during Lent on Sundays. So according to her, I already have a pass. And two, my other point is, is would you rather me say I'm not going to, to drink any beer during Lent and then cheat on it? And like, at least I'm being upfront about it. You know what I mean? At least I'm getting ahead of it. And I've, you know, been very honest about where I plan to drink and I'm not cheating when I do those because I wrote those into my personal contract. Listen, you're like the guy who decides to drop out of the race before the race is even started. I mean, at least have a little aspiration, at least believe in yourself that you can make it through Lent without, you know, failing, without giving up. Because I don't think it counts as giving it up if you're writing it into your contract. Now, I'm not disagreeing with your mom. God knows I don't want, because I'm scared of your mom. So I'm not disagreeing with her. So maybe if all of your days are Sundays, which I think the Irish Clover is unfortunately a Saturday. So Correct. that's maybe the only one. March Madness, you can easily do one Sunday. The Masters, if you're going to pick a day to drink beer, of course, it's going to be Sunday anyway. So An opening Masters, day might be like 2023 at this point. So Sure. So Masters Sunday, yeah, that's probably the day that I would most want to drink beer anyways. But I mean, March Madness, Sunday is the worst day to drink i i can't i can't have that why is why is sunday the worst day because it's the end of it's like the it's the end of the best four day stretch like on the calendar the thursday and friday of march madness are like those are two of the best days of the year every year if you save it for sunday when it's like you're going back to work on monday and you know you there's no, there's no March Madness. There's no basketball on Monday. So it's like Sunday is kind of like a sad, like end to the weekend. I don't want to be wasting my one March Madness drinking day on a Sunday. I think the women's tournament is on Monday. So I, you shouldn't say there's no basketball, Michaelton. You should be aware of all the sports that are occurring. That's true. However, if you don't go Thursday, Friday, Saturday, then, then you have the energy and excitement for Sunday to like, truly enjoy it. I think part of the reason that we all have the Monday scaries on that Sunday because I'm sure some of the listeners know they probably talk about this a lot, but you and I and some other friends, I don't think it's going to happen this year because of a variety of reasons, but we've gotten together on these weekends. We've taken off days of work and we just sit and we drink and we gamble and we eat and we do a 20 minute run one day out of the three to make sure we get some good exercise <laughs> that weekend. But by Sunday, you're right. We're dead, right? We're like trying to like, think about getting home, thinking about how bad we feel. But if you are going in the Sunday fresh, I don't know. That's like 
having the the finishing kick like you are going to be ready to enjoy sunday more than the rest of us so don't don't sell yourself short on a sunday march madness especially if that's the only way that you can properly do your lent give up on at this point in my life trying i can't afford to be hungover on a monday i can't i that that's not something i can afford to do anymore so i just you know i can't I, listen I wrote it into my contract. I, you know, I, I, I'm okay with this. I can sleep at night with this Lenten contract, so I'm not. Why, why do you say Lenten? Is that a term I should know? Uh, no, it's my, I don't know, it's my Lenten promise. Lenten, okay. And is it written know. down? Like, do so. you have, do you have a written thing like that nah, we can share on the media? Right up here, Trent. Right up in the dome. Okay. Okay. Yeah, well, now and now I've just said it out loud. So I said it out loud for the world to hear. Now you're committed. Should we talk about the fact that Steve's not with us today? I feel like we didn't even mention that. We mentioned it right off the top. But yeah, we should probably. <laughs> I was so distracted by your different intro. Yeah. Well, so let's get wacky. I guess Steve's not here. <laughs> Big Brother's not here to, to watch over us. So I guess let's just get weird. This is like shit. Like, we, we just did like 25 minutes on Lent. So. Yeah. I think like one of the first times that it was just you and I was an interview with Ollie Hoare and it turned into shower time talk. And it was just, it was an all time great episode in my it personal is. opinion. I, but yeah. hearing, seeing the Steve in the group message when he listened to it, just like, it's been 20 minutes and you guys are talking. Like it was, uh, it was truly special. And ever since then, I do feel like, yeah. The bar is set. The expectations are there. Things might get a little weird with Mike and Trenner on the mics. Well, I think we have a few topics today in the news that uh, could 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 get us going there, could get us where we need to go. So I guess let's get right into the news trend. So... There was USA Champs this past week, but that is not where we're starting. We need to start where everyone wants us to start. We need to dig into, we need to, uh, you know, uncover everything that happened here. We need to start with Poopgate. So the press, the track and field needed, I guess, you know, I guess to get into the New York Times, it doesn't need to be, American records being broken or these great races happen. No, for professional running to make its way into the New York Times, we need to have a scandal about professional runners getting kicked off of a high school track because they're pooping on the track. So from what I understand, and we, you know, reached out to some people, see if they could give us a little bit more understanding of what's happening. So Sedona High School, where a lot of the um, pro runners um, out in Flagstaff do a lot of their training and their workouts and stuff like that. I guess there's public bathrooms right next to the track, but these bathrooms are often locked. And listen, we've all been there. We're right before, you know, right between your warm up and getting on to do some repeats or something like that. You got to take care of business. That's that's the way that it goes. And I guess there has been multiple instances where someone's gone to use that bathroom and it has been locked. So they have found alternate locations 
to uh, relieve themselves. So that was the one big issue. And then there's other uh, reports of, you know, people need to use this bathroom so bad that they ran into the high school during <laughs> during school hours to use the high school's public bathroom, uh, disrupting classes and, you know, probably being somewhere that they, they shouldn't be. And so because of that, all professional runners have been banned from Sedona High School for the time being. Uh, so Poopgate is officially underway, Trent. This story is as electric as it gets. <laughs> the group messages that we were in when, you know, the the hashtag Poopgate is getting thrown out. And then I know, like, we are messaging all our contacts. Like, you know, when when something important happens in track and field, we talk about it. We might reach out to somebody to see if there's an inside scoop on it. But our investigative team was reaching out to everybody, trying to figure out what the hell had happened uh, with Poopgate. And it's, it's an unbelievable story. It's truly, like, it deserves a feature on the New York Times. Now, it's, in a serious note, it, it's a, it's a dis, you know, uh, an embarrassing story on a lot of levels. The, the first is that we have professional runners that are on a track, like Mike, you said, we've all been there. You can't, you know, take a, you can't use the bathroom before you don't know what to do and you got to do a workout. We're not professional runners. Uh, these guys need to have a bathroom available to them when they're doing workouts, like figure it out coach or uh, whose ever job that is to figure out where to poop. So, I mean, it just like makes the sport of running look really dumb when you have sure. these professional runners that don't have a place to use a bathroom. And then we go on to, actually have the defecation incident occur uh the scene of the crime um the running through the high school using the bathroom there. can i can i just comment on that too real quick please i went to a, a private high school um and so we had um, some like we, early you know you did did i say boy. that a lot yeah we had some early release days or days off that were different in the public school yeah, schedule that's, that's my, my dad always said you pay more you go to school less that's why you pay more. So you don't have to go to school. It seems like a, a pretty fair deal to me, but there was nothing more electric. Like we didn't have a track at our high school. So we had to go to neighboring high schools to use the track. So on like early release days, we'd go over to Nashville South or something or Nashville North to use their track. But if they were in school, us going into the other school oh, yeah. to use the bathroom, or just kind of cause shenanigans was the greatest feeling. It was so fun. So I do understand why the runners were, you know, going into the school. Um, Cause you know, I think that feeling of, although it's probably not that fun when you're an adult. <laughs> so now, that I, now I don't want to defend that anymore, but I guess I just say, I thought that was fun when I was in high school to go to other high schools when they were in session. These guys though, you can't go into a high school when it's in session and expect like to not to get yelled at. We got yelled at every time we did it and it was clear who we were and, and who else is going to be in there. that looks like, you know, they could run, uh, sub four minute miles and is running through looking for a bathroom. So it, everybody looks bad, but having said that, I love the story. It's fun. It's electric. It's exciting. The investigative journalism that was going on, trying to figure out who was the one that took the shit. I mean, it's just like the, the story should never end because we just need more and more details about what actually occurred on that faithful day. I want to do like a 30 for 30 style documentary. And I want to get down to the bottom of like, I want, we have like some details. I want, yeah, like I said, I want names. I want like 
side stories. I want people pointing fingers. I want to go down to, to Flagstaff, down to Sedona High School and get, you know, boots on the ground. So, yeah, maybe that's something that's in our future. Um, but do you have a, whether it was yourself or a teammate or something like that, do you have a favorite running poop story, Trent? Do you have a favorite one? Mike, I'm, I'm glad you asked that question. Uh, and there's, there's a lot of poop stories that people have as, as runners. And, and now I'm, now I'm racking my brain. I wish I had a little, uh, warm up to think about it. Do you have one? Cause you could go first I'll, as I'll I try one. to I'll find my one. favorite there, poop so story. Cause there's ones. so many good ones. Yeah. There's so many good ones. I, for whatever reason, the one, the one that initially came to mind, you might remember this one. This was my freshman year of college. And, um, the way it worked when we went to school, I don't know if it's changed now, but basically like everyone shows up to preseason at cross country and everyone's trying out. Now I know the coach like in her mind knows who's a walk on and like whose trout actually matters and all that stuff. But the way she would pose it is like, everyone's trying out. So the first three days was like, you know, one day was a long run where like the seniors were like told to push it crazy hard. Another day was they, every day it was something different, but one day was we did like this huge mile repeat workout in the, in the trails right next to the school. And that was supposed to be like the final day of tryouts. Like that is like, that's the big workout. And, uh, you know, I was in a group of like all freshmen because we were trying out for the team and we're, you know, I think it was like the third or fourth mile repeat and this new freshman <laughs> is coming down the home stretch and, you know, coaches yell like, come on, you got to finish it. And he turns right to coach and he's like, coach, I'm trying, but I'm prairie dogging <laughs> something like that. And, you know, this is a very serious thing everyone's taking the workout you know and that was like the talk of the town for the next like two weeks like remember when the freshman told you know coach he was prairie dog in the middle of a workout so that, that was a good that was good do you, do you remember that one of course told our female yeah. coach that he was prairie dog yeah <laughs> I, I, need, I, I, need, I need a quick time out hold on one sec <laughs> hey megan <sighs> Can I share and do you want to comment on it? What? Can I share and do you want to comment on it? I have to comment on it. I can tell it and you can like answer quickly. <laughs> How did this come up? This came up naturally. Mike's face is great. I think I'm gonna leave that whole that whole interaction in the in in the podcast. That's not getting cut. <laughs> Perfect. I don't know if you could hear that. All right. I just had to get permission from my lovely girlfriend to tell. I don't want to call this the greatest poop story, but if we're talking poop stories, it's certainly the most recent one. So we go out for a run together and just me and her, and we're going in these awesome trails nearby. So they're actually, they're like fat bike mountain bike trails. So the snow, because there's a lot of snow around here, is packed down pretty hard so you can run on it. It makes it great. Like when else can you run? through trails in the middle of the winter. But here it's all these fat bikers are on them all the time and it packs the snow real hard down. So we're out there in the trails doing our thing. We end up getting lost, which 
uh, Megan assured me she knew where she was going and could lead the way. Um, but she, she took a wrong turn somewhere along the line. So we're getting lost. I'm not doing much running these days. I'm hurting. Megan's hurting too now. Like we've been out for a while and we find this power line and we know, okay, if we just follow the power line back, that's the most direct way home. Problem is, is there's a giant hill on this power line, but we've been out for so long that nobody like, we don't want to try and go around it or anything like that. Cause who knows, it's going to get dark out there where we're lost. So we start just going up this hill and Megan's in front and I'm behind. And you know, it's, it's a big hill. It's steep. It's snowy. So you're not getting the best grip as you're going up it. Um, but, but now I'm getting excited. Now I'm like, let's go Megan. Like, come on now we got this. And I'm starting to get pumped up. You know, if it was like one of you with me, I'd be yelling expletives. I don't think I was a little more subdued than that, but I'm, I'm cheering us both on. And so she's like getting there again and get there. And like, right as she gets to the top of the hill, she just like, like falls into the snow, like, like hands up in like such exhaustion and falls backwards and she's falling on her back in the snow and I get up to like give her a high five and like like clearly she had just been so exhausted she worked herself to complete exhaustion that she like collapsed and she just looks at me with these like terrified eyes like just about like a, a, like about to cry and is just like I'm pooping and just was like couldn't control it and I guess she thought when she fell, that would be a way of like being able to control her bowel movements. Because everyone has been there, you know, normally it's, it's the other one, but like you kind of lose your thing. So she just is, you know, she, everybody's done there. Nothing, no shame. She pooped her pants. Uh, and then you have the whole cleanup situation where you're trying to figure everyone, you know, is pulling out a sock or whatever you do, getting the snow. Uh, and then there's that just like terrible mile and a half back to the car where we're just you know, I'm in front, of course, <laughs> just waddling and the car is a mess. So anyways, Megan is here with I, us. I cannot believe Megan let you tell that story. <laughs> I don't know if she heard all the details. I'm excited <laughs> for her to come in and maybe we can get a quick comment or two from her on this recent experience. So Megan, first off, thank you for being uh, so nice as to let me uh, tell that story on the podcast. I think you overheard me. Are there any key details that I failed to mention? I think you just provided probably too many details. So sorry to everybody. Uh, I can't believe I Megan, let you tell God, that. Yeah, God bless you for letting you for letting you tell that story. That's a uh, wow, wow. You know what? Yeah, just just be trying to be real vulnerable over here. Normalize <laughs> these things. Listen, everybody poops. That's right. That's but they don't see, always poop their pants. That's so. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good point, Megan. So you missed it earlier, but uh, Trent was trying to be an an activist for uh, folks who get hurt by bulls. He's he deciding to start a nonprofit to be, you know, gonna gonna make you know make awareness about this. It sounds like you have gone into activism for for awareness for people pooping their pants. So that's, that's good. Exactly. You nailed it. Yeah. Who among us, who among us hasn't pooped their pants on a run? I've never done it that bad where I <laughs> fell into the snow. And like, like normally, you know, a little bit, you get to the woods and you do your thing, but uh, sorry, Megan, but no, I don't want to be grouped with that craziness. I cannot wait until Steve gets to this podcast. <laughs> 
Oh, man. He's never going to let us do this again. Uh, Megan, you should tell the world, though, you did that hill like a week later and you conquered it. I did. Yeah. Yeah. No poop this time. Took that. No, I just peed. (laughs) It's it's a big hill. (laughs) It's a really big (laughs) Well, thank you, Megan, for sharing. We're proud of you for. Thank you, Megan. Telling the world your story yeah, well, and conquering. Now I have to go hide under a rock for the rest of my life. <laughs> Man, that was that was the fact incredible. that that came up organically was incredible. Because <clears throat> I joked with her after it happened, like I was gonna tell that story in the pod, which I didn't. This is probably the second time we've recorded, so it wasn't something I was gonna tell immediately. But then, if we're talking poop gig, and I've just been kind of laughing at her since then of the incident then this is just a wonderful time to uh tell the story yeah i mean that was that was something special and then to to be able to get a you know a sideline interview right after that was that was great uh, i'm trying to, who was it when we were when we were in the middle of nowhere ohio we were on like a stretch of we were running on a stretch of road uh that like we didn't see a car for like an hour and someone just pooped right on like the center line of the road. I think was that, that was, uh, was that, was that Jonah? Or was I think that it was Jonah. That, yeah. Yeah. Jonah, if you're listening, just confirm with us that you had pulled that off. Uh, we figured out who pooped that time in the middle of the road. Do we, do we have any, like, I know we've been working our contacts and we know like a general group of people who could be responsible for this, but do we have or maybe the listeners know, and we just haven't found it yet. Like we need to figure out who's the one who actually left it outside the door. So I think we should just decide who it is. <laughs> I love that idea. Who do you think you did it? I mean, who should we spread a rumor about? <clears throat> I mean, yeah, uh, I feel like Grant's too easy. Maybe, uh, Like what? What characteristics about the person would lead you to? Uh, so I mean, Centro is clearly cocky enough, and you know, I I could see him like thinking he he runs the place, so he's just like, I'll poop wherever I want to poop. So it could be mm-hmm. Centro. Yeah, I mean, I do think I do think it's probably a member of the male team would be my guess, just because. Oh. Well, now that we know Megan's story, I don't know if we can. I don't know if we can come to that exact conclusion. That no, I we definitely don't know. But if I'm just gonna pick one randomly, okay. I think men are just more used to using the bathroom wherever they want. We kind of just believe the world is our bathroom, um, and so I'm, I'm likely to just pick that. Yeah, the kind of the elder statesmen of the group. It's like, you know, they've done it all. They can do whatever they want. But do you have a little more shame in? As you get older, which makes me think maybe it's one of the younger guys. Um, so you don't think, like you're ruling out Lopez, you're ruling out uh, Jager. What about yeah? What about Woody? Ah, Woody's like he, a good guess. I feel like he. No offense, Woody, but he kind of got the look of somebody who might poop in a public place. Should we just say it's Woody? Should we just tell people that? We'll cut that whole last 45 seconds. Yeah. 
Woody Kincaid confirmed was he's pooping. He's pooping on the track. That's our guy. We it's good good investigative journalism on our part. Um, all right, do we have any final thoughts on Poop Gator? Should we should we move on from this segment? No, I just I do want to circle back in a serious note. Like we need, I don't know again who's responsible for it, but we got to have it figured out with those bathrooms for our pro athletes. Like these are our best. Okay. Some of the best distance runners in America, mid-distance runners in America, and they need a place to use the bathroom when they're working out. Like, what kind of sport has their best athletes working out somewhere and there's not access to, you know, a bathroom at the track? So if the place is locked and they're not allowing it, then, you know, buy some porter potties and put them on there for it. Like, figure it out, guys, because it just kind of is a fun story, but it's also, I think, it's kind of an embarrassing look. Agreed. All right, let's move on to USATF Indoor Championships. And Trent, I'm going to come right out and say it. I hate USA Indoor Championships because nobody cares about it. Like, why? what is the point of having a USA Championship if nobody's going to take it seriously? Like, half of the people go. Like, it, it just it doesn't feel like a USA Championship. Um, so we're going to do it quickly. We're going to give it the time. It, you know, if the sport doesn't want to give this event uh, the time it deserves, Neither will we. So how we're going to do this is we're going to start with the woman's side. I'm going to read off some highlights quickly, rapid fire. And you circle back and tell me which ones that we should, we should talk about here. All right. So <clears throat> women's 800 meters, Aji Wilson does what Aji Wilson does. She wins. 1,500 meters, L. Purrier finally loses. Feels like she hasn't lost in like a decade uh, she takes third to Heather McLean and uh, Josette Norris. And then in the 3K, she comes back and gets the win there. So redeems herself. And then in 2-3, Alicia Monson and Winey Kaladi. I just, I love that little rivalry. I love that uh, they're always neck and neck and have been since college. Trent, do you have anything on the woman's side that you want to touch upon? Well, we should talk Perrier, I guess, if that's if yep, we want to sure. pick a, a storyline and come out of it, because you know she she's walking away with an indoor championship, right? She she's walking away with the yet yet gold medal for this. Is that what, what's the I award guess. for winning? Win a trophy? You get a they, a, they give a you nice a high five and t-shirt. Say we'll see you in outdoor. Okay, so you get yeah you get the 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 outdoor warm up uh yeah award for for this, uh so. See her lose was kind of shocking though, and it was before the 3K, right? So it wasn't like she was doing it on tired legs. Um, people ran fast. Heather McLean, excellent, and she ran, you know, a good time. And and it was close, right? Like if things shook out a little differently, it was right down to the wire. Like she very easily could have taken the dub there. Yeah, and it's it's nothing to be concerned about for all the, the Purrier fans out there because, you know, as she came back the next day and proved she still is um, the best American uh, mid distance runner right now that, that 1500 to three K range. She's, you know, the best, but it's, it's fun to see other people out there and maybe this isn't the outdoor championship. So it's not, um, you know, it doesn't have that same kind of, finality to it or, or maybe it's not um what she's training towards and maybe heather and josette were training differently or or maybe ellie's been a little uh you know banged up or whatever but it was kind of shocking to see and, and i think overall 
um, that's good. We, we want people like Perrier at the global stage to be uh, out there each time and we can count on her to be a legit threat for some big uh, meets. But at the same time, when we're looking at local at some of these, European, some of these American championships, uh, it's kind of fun to see some of the other names uh, being able to, to battle with her down the finish line. I agree. And I think, like I said, it was, it was shocking only because we've become so accustomed to Ellie just winning everything. But like I said, if things went a little bit different, I mean, a little it came down to, to photo finish type stuff. So she was right there. We could be sitting very easily sitting here talking about her sweep and how she's just dominating the world or at least America still. So, all right, let's move on to the men's side. We have the 400 meters where Donovan Brazier finishes second and he avoids Bryce Hopple in the 800. Again, in the 800, Bryce Hopple takes the win in a uh, Brazier-less race. In the 1500 meter, Cole Hawker sprints past like 10 people at the very end of the race to take the victory and he doubled back in the 3K sweeping the 1500 3k i guess we should probably talk cole hawker pretty badass that he sweeps the usa championships however talking about how you know much the indoor championships anger me he has already come out saying that he will not be competing at worlds and he is focusing on outdoor so yeah cole hawker on the men's side, definitely the story. And I think leading off with that is, is the right way to go here. He, I don't love that announcement. I think if you, if you're going to be, uh, if you're going to be our best mid distance guy, Cole, I want you out there on a world stage as well. You can run both meets here. You're, you're, it's not one or the other Cole. I think especially as a rookie, it bothers me. I listen, I get nobody takes indoor seriously, but like, the kid is unbelievable and clearly like a rising star, but you haven't won anything yet. Like you should still be excited to make worlds. Like that should be a big deal to you. So go out there and compete there. Listen, I'm not, I get why he's not doing it, but this is part of the reason why indoor bothers me so much. It's like, we have our best guy just swept the 1500 and a three K and he's like, I'm not going to the world championship because I want to focus on outdoor. So. Yeah, I mean, at the same time, I'm, I'm excited to see him throw down such fast times at the American Indoor Championship. Like, he took this meet seriously and ran two sure. events in it um, and obviously was running to win. So if he is taking this title as our best miler, then, you know, and, and yeah, I mean, I, I think we can say that, that he's, he's – if, if he doesn't have it yet, he's taking it as we speak – if he's going to take this meet seriously, then that's a good step in the right direction. And maybe he, he decides that he's going to come year after year uh, and show up for indoors and try to like defend his title as many times as he can. So I do appreciate that. Um, but I, yeah, it's, it's hard to, I mean, we're going to talk about more like what Kerr just did. And last week you guys talked Inga Britson. Like we want to see Cole out there at this point, if he's going to sure. take on that face of 1500 miler, uh, mid B for the Americans to to compete against those guys. I mean, that's that's the next step. But him not going 
is in a lot of ways good for this podcast and good for specifically me because him not going means that S&P 500 is heading to the world championships. And I would say my Olympic predictions at this point seem pretty good. I, you know what I mean? Like credit to me for being ahead of the curve on S&P 500. Listen, the S&P 500 is exactly what you would expect him to be. He was in the mix. I think he led it even for a bit then in the middle of the race. And he's finished a very solid uh, fourth place right there. Just so you can <laughs> count on it race. every time. Uh, love it. Absolutely love it. Just, just to like, speak highly of Cole for a second, um, even though we don't like his decision. The guy is running. I know, you know, you, you made the point. He's a rookie, right? He's young. I want to see him out there. The guy is running like a true seasoned vet. Like he just goes out there and he knows how to race. Uh, I would think it was the, yeah, the, the 3K. He's kind of sitting there in second place for a while. Um, he makes a move. It's probably around the 2K mark. That boar goes with him. Then boar overtakes him, but he doesn't panic, right? It's so easy when you've made your move and somebody then repasses you to fall off. And he just pan- doesn't panic. He knows where his kick is. The guy is is racing beyond his years for sure. I mean, y'all knew he had the talent, but it, it can be tricky to transition from college races to pro races because of the the kind of the mental part of it and knowing how to race. And I, I just am. Yeah, just truly impressed by how good of a racer Cole is. For sure. Uh, any final thoughts on the indoor championships? Yeah. Dunman Brazier runs the 400 because he's scared of Bryce Hopp on the 800. Mm-hmm. I, doesn't run it. But you know who, who does so run close, it and so who wins it? Them. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I shouldn't have I'm said so that because I was defending him last time. But you know who did win it was some guy named Trevor Bassett, indoor American champion. He's a Division II college runner for Ashland University. Two, Shout out D2. You know who chose D2? An American indoor champion. He gets his little uh, outdoor warm-up uh, trophy award. So shout out to Trevor for showing up for Division II. And I'll say it. He's better than Donovan Brazier. Prove he certainly is. Prove me wrong. It's better than Donovan Brazier. So. All right. Let's move on to... Our guy, Josh Kerr, in an all-time move, he writes on his shoes, uh, you know, British record, puts those shoes on, goes out and runs a 348 national record, calls his shot. I mean, he is on a different type of level with his cockiness right now he is in one of those zones like i feel like you can all i feel like everyone can look back to one point in their career when they had just this mentality where it was like whether it was true or not you believed in your mind that you were like the baddest guy to line up on a track anywhere anytime no matter what trent i know you feel like that even when you haven't run for like nine months because you like that you right know. now yeah it's you when i when oh. i sit on that basketball court i was like <laughs> michael jordan's in the house <laughs> but he is just like in this all-time cocky zone right now and i mean we might be having a very different conversation if he doesn't break the record but he does. So there's nothing else you can say besides like this guy is cocky as hell and he backs it up every time he gets on the damn track. Yeah. It, his result 
is not any less impressive if he doesn't call his shot like that. But it just makes it so fun. And he is so damn good for the sport right now to have him out there with, with that cockiness, with that belief in himself. And, you know, he's not going to uh, uh, win every time. I think his last time out at Milrose, um, you know, it's not like we're seeing Kerr. He's not at a level, uh, you know, at a Cherry or Ingebrigtsen where they're winning just kind of every time someone track. But he's competing every time. He's putting himself, like, right there every time. Like, he shows up to win. He believes in himself. And it's just it's, – it's so refreshing. It's so good for the sport. We need more people like Josh Carroll. We need Josh to continue to, to uh, just be himself. That's all he's doing is he's being himself. Um, and it's gotten it's, – you know, that mentality has gotten him to where he is right now. And it's just going to keep getting better for him. Yeah, I mean, he's pretty damn close to winning every time he gets on the track. But to your point, he puts on a show every time. He, yeah. And, and we talked to S&P 500 uh, last week, and for a very good reason. He said, you know, the one guy I don't like lining up against is Josh Kerr because the guy gives everybody hell that he runs on the track with. Um, and like I said, it's kind of like it. he's at this – crazy cocky level but when you do stuff like that and it pays off that just builds up on the cockiness so next time he gets on the track i mean he might get a tattoo of like the american record on his like neck or something i don't know what's coming next from him but he's just gonna keep piling up and like getting more and more cocky and uh, that's kind of a scary thing for uh, it, anybody he lines up against it feeds itself right and for sure the, the more you succeed the more cocky you're gonna be and then that's making him uh, a mentally stronger runner but the beauty of josh is i think if he like has a bad race or something or if he doesn't go out and he doesn't win it's not throwing him off his game because he's such a battler he's such a competitor a competitor is that a word uh, he's such competitor. a competitor that's the word i'm looking for <laughs> he's such a competitor that that just mentality can't be can't be shook and you know after after last week you guys are talking about ingebrigtsen's record on the 1500 and it's just like man he's a step above everybody at this point you know maybe if chariot could get him i don't even think he can at this point and then kirk comes out he does shit like this and you're like kirk can do anything like he's not running as fast as inga Brisson right now but the way he is getting better and just that that mentality that he has it's just a reminder like yeah inga Brisson's doing his thing um, and he, he's going to completely dominate and he's awesome and all that stuff. We all know that, but like, you can't count out Kerr as being able to compete uh, or take Ingebrigtsen because Kerr is getting better and better. And he just has the mindset that he can be anybody. I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, and let's wrap up at the Tokyo marathon this weekend. Marathons are back. We're about to head into you know, marathon season, the marathon cycle here, doing a lot of talk about marathons. Uh, two quick prompts here. So we quickly move through this. Uh, Sarah Hall will be competing. Uh, she's going for the American record. Uh, Cara Diamantes that, you know, just recently got broken. But, you know, she has the half marathon American record. She's going after the full marathon American record. Do you think she's got a shot? And if so, if she takes in, you know, whatever it is, a six-month span, the American record in the half and in the full, 
what, what does this say about Sarah's legacy? And she absolutely has a shot. You just said it. Like mm-hmm. it was January, a couple months ago. She went out, she takes the half. She's appears to be just like in the best shape of her life right now. She's bounced back uh, since the trials and has just been on a tear. Uh, and you can't, you can't count it out for, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the Tokyo course that well. I have the weather and all that stuff um, about how that's going to affect it. But as far as Sarah Hall's like conditioning and fitness, I don't think there's any question that she has a shot to take down uh, the record. And if she does, I mean, what else, what else is there for her to like prove as far as her standing um, with American distance runners. And it's, it's not a conversation that I think we were expecting to have no. a, a couple no. of years ago, which is pretty, pretty fun that we're having it. Right. Yeah. I mean, if she gets the record, it's hard to say that, you know, she would be the fastest, obviously American marathoner of all time and, and all that good stuff. You know, I think until there's a little bit of hardware that goes along with it, you know, obviously Molly is, you know, hanging out with her bronze medal and stuff like that. So it's a weird game where it's like hard to say, like, she's the top American marathoner right now when you have Molly, you know, dangling her, her bronze medal in her face. But it's you're putting yourself at the top of the top of the top American distance running all time. If, if she does get this record. Um, and finally Kipchoge, he is running at Tokyo. Now, listen, I, I know what he just did at the Olympics. He's coming before that. He was coming off of that weird loss at London. What, where are you at with Kipchoge? If he loses, in Tokyo, right? He he was a world beater in the Olympics, got it done. But at some point, listen, and I'm not trying to be Max Kellerman. I'm not. I'm not trying to sit here and give you the Tom Brady cliff speech. But at some point, there's going to be a cliff. And when will that be? I don't know. I don't know. But if he loses in Tokyo, I'm officially on cliff watch. I'm on cliff watch. The the thing about the Tom Brady comparison is he never found the cliff. You know, he he avoided the cliff. Uh, he just had a, a wife. And He's kids just that not him good home. anymore. <laughs> Kipchoge to me is. I will think of it the same way I would think of of Brady at the end of the career. There, like until he proves, or like like LeBron too is the other one everyone talks about. Until they prove that they're not the best uh or the best like at the most important time then i'm not i'm not willing like if he if he blows up in tokyo you're right you have to kind of consider it but he did just take home an olympic gold right like let's not that wasn't feels like that was you know yesterday but i guess that was uh you know nine months ago or whatever it was um he had his his bad race at london that showed there's some chinks in the armor but like I, I'm not, I'm not prepared to have this conversation right now, Michael, because that's not my mindset of where I'm expecting this weekend to go. I'm expecting the other way where Kipchoge just continues to show uh, and assert his dominance. I don't disagree with you. I think, I think he goes out there and he wins. I don't think he shows up to Tokyo if he's not ready to win it. 
I'm just saying, if he loses, hypothetically, if he loses, I'm not saying he's at the cliff. I'm just saying I am officially on cliff watch if we have a Kipchoge loss this weekend. So something to watch out for. That is all I got for the new strength. And with that said, let's roll right into the Bell app. Trent, what do you got for the Bell app? This is a, a weird, a weird situation here where you have to go first in the Bell app. I guess you don't have to. If you're if I took you by surprise and you're not ready for it, I could always pivot because I'm still talking. I I can make it work here. I just okay. need a, a second to figure out uh, this new format. Um, so let me just get my mind straight here. I'll I'll probably bring up something that maybe you were going to bring up because you mentioned earlier, but we can have a conversation about it. Uh, sure. But we'll, we'll should we pour, just make it a combined bell lap? Yeah, combined bell lap. We'll pour a beer out for baseball opening day, and. If the baseball gods are with us, there will be an opening day at some point, but it I don't will be the will. same. I said, if they're with us, the gods are with us. I'm not that confident at this point. The baseball gods are with yeah. us. There will be one, but it's not the same. Although, you know, actually, let me, let me change my take here real quick. If, if the opening day really is just six games later, right, two series canceled for every team. If that's it, it could be perfect because opening day is a little too early anyway. It's supposed to be the mark of spring, but sometimes it's too cold and you get these games and there's like snow happening uh, because they decided to play an early season game and like the Colorado Rockies is the home team or something. So maybe if opening day really is six weeks later, season's too long anyway, I'll take it. And it would be kind of nice, but I'm not expecting that to happen. And when you pull off opening day, you just throw a whole wrench in America's transition from winter into summer into that, spring, it, yes. Like what? What? What do we? What do we do? When does spring start, Michael? What? What? I think. What is? I anything? think it just. I think it will just keep snowing forever if there's no baseball season. Like it'll. It just won't ever get warm again. We'll just be winter. living in in frozen, the movie. That's what we will live like. So, when I like first started following all this crap and. It's it's billionaires who can't get along with millionaires, and we are the ones who suffer from it. And it's like we t- we give track and field a hard time a lot that it is self sabotaging and can't get out of its own way. And it's like I'm almost at the point where it's like is baseball more self sabotaging than than track and field? It's like. All people want to talk about is what's wrong with baseball and how it's a dying sport and this and that and the other thing. And they constantly, and I'm always beating the drum, arguing against that. I'm always the one who tell you, because the way I feel is people who watch baseball will watch baseball. People who hate baseball will not watch baseball. Like that's just like most of the people complaining about how we need to shorten the game or do this or change this or change that are people who are never going to watch baseball no matter what. So it's like, I don't really care what those people have to say the people who are going to watch baseball watch it however like this makes me think it's like well I don't, I don't know like sure i am going to whenever the season resumes i will be tuning in because i have a problem and i am an addict and you know i just i i will 
no matter how mad I am that they took away baseball from me, I will tune back in because I have a problem. But some people might not. And baseball, it just, it's, it, it makes it very hard to, to defend this sport when they just can't get their shit together. And I'm frustrated. And yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm at, Trent. Doesn't it, doesn't it make you feel just like icky where I get that there's two sides of the argument, but they don't talk to the other, like about the other side. Like they have any respect or uh, have, have any semblance that the other side is like important or equal to the importance of putting baseball on the field. Like the owners and the commissioner just talk shit about the players all the time. The players and I don't know who's striped, so I'm not going to pick sides. You know, I have my personal thoughts on it, but it doesn't matter what I think. I don't know enough. Nobody out here besides people that are involved in negotiations actually, you know, know who's being more difficult than the other. But they both talk about each other like they're trying to screw the other one over. Um, and it just is like leaves you feeling just shitty and crappy about the whole thing. Um, it just it sucks. And you're right. I had the same note in my little uh, episode notes that I take before each episode. And I said, track's got issues, but thank God we're not baseball, man. Like, <laughs> thank God that we're not baseball. And we have a whole off season to figure this stuff out. And you, you just can't, you can't do it without the, the motivation of actual games being canceled. Um, and you can't do it without publicly throwing the other side under the bus as much as each side is doing. And it just sucks. Well, Trent, I think we need to leave this episode on a positive note because that was a very negative note. So we're going to take another 15 minutes and tell some more poop stories. <laughs> so let's go. No, I'm just kidding. All right. No, sorry. But, but I do, <laughs> I do want to give you the opportunity to send us out here, Trent. Me? I want to do that. I do. I want to do that. Do you I think do I can that. do this and, and not screw it up? No, I didn't say it. <laughs> Those words never came out of my mouth. I swear I know the ending, but now that the pressure's on me, I kind of like, shit, what does Steve say as a cousin? Well, I would have run faster, but I peaked too early. Mike, hit me with the Josie.